It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Stephen Dan, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight. With Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. Uh, good evening. we got a lot to do tonight. And we're going to talk about Michigan, Michigan State. Where they are in terms of their chances on getting into the tournament. We'll do that at 633. I, I feel pretty bullish about Michigan State. I've got more concerns about Michigan, but we'll get to it. Yesterday, I told you that I I wanted to do a little bit of a, a state of the union on our on our Detroit sports teams. Because, look, we have not experienced a postseason win since 2016. 2016. It's 2022. It's been that long. And it feels even longer. But I, I got to say, When you really look at where our teams are at, I think the trajectory on all four of our pro sports teams is in, is in the same direction. Now I think one team clearly is on a much faster track, but I think all four of our teams are headed in the right direction. Jason, where do you want to start? What 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 sport would you like to to sample first? First of all, 2016, you say was it was the it was the Tigers, right? Or was it? It was the Red Wings. It was the it was Red a Wings. Okay. Uh, Peter Mrazek shutout over Tampa Bay in 2016. Okay. April 17th of 2016. Um. Well, let's then let's begin with the team that I think is is de- uh, is kind of declined, and that's the Pistons. All right, so you want to start with the Pistons. Now, I believe that the Pistons are on an upward trajectory for, for really one reason, and that's Cade. And and I think that you got to keep in mind here that with the young talent that this team has, the Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bays, and I include Killian Hayes in all of this because you know, we talked to, to, to Rod Beard, uh, what was it, last week, and, and I'm just not ready to give up on Killian. He's a young guy. I don't even think he's 21 yet. Like, he can't even legally drink. Um, And he's playing in the NBA against, you know, premier point guards. And so I just, there are days when I'm super frustrated with Killian Hayes, but he's just a kid. And I I believe that the jury is still out. Maybe by the, maybe by the end of the year, maybe by uh, next season, things change. But as we stand today on February 27th, 2022 I'm just not ready to give up on Killian so I think they still have an incredibly young core of talent remember a lot of these guys are are sophomore players they're second year players in the NBA and what hasn't helped them this year is they've been whether it's injuries whether it's COVID protocols they just haven't been able to mesh as a as, as what you would expect to be the starting five they just haven't been able to do it and Kate got off to a slow start because of the injury so I think that the, the the talent that they have here, is it premier talent? No, not yet. But I think that the way that this thing is being built, par- partnered with 
the ability for Troy Weaver as the general manager to not only identify talent, but make moves around the draft board so that he can acquire guys that he thinks can be impact players. You know, he did the, certainly did it with Sadiq Bay, certainly did it uh, with, with Isaiah Stewart, where y- you look more towards the middle of the first round, start of the second round, and you can certainly find some impact players there. So I, I think the, the Cade Cunningham thing is the, is the, that's the, that's the, that's the, the, the headline. But I think Troy Weaver's ability to identify talent and some of the guys that they've got in the roster, I'm just not willing to give up on him yet. And by the way, Jeremy Grant is a good basketball player. So they need to build around these. And then building off of this last draft, aside from Cade, I do believe, and you can laugh, call me crazy. I believe Luca Garza is going to be a player on this team. I, I don't know in what capacity. I don't think he's a starter, but I think he's going to be a nice role player that this team can utilize off the bench next year. Uh, that that he's a he is a all in a hundred percent hustle guy, and he's physical. He's got a, a a little bit of a post game, but he's got to develop it. I just think he's a nice complement to what they could have going forward, as long as these guys are able to stay healthy and develop some sort of rhythm. So I think the Pistons are on their upward trajectory. I was really bullish on the Pistons at the start of the year. It just hasn't materialized, unfortunately. So I'm going to say the Pistons are on the up and up. Now, I'm going to go to the Tigers next, because Jason, this is your area of of, uh, interest. Yes. Now, I, I... I think it's important to note that I think the, the the Tigers have reached their rock bottom. Like Al Avila has said multiple times that like now they're going to start spending money. They did it signing Javier Baez. Was he the shortstop I wanted? No. Can he be kind of a cancer? It seems like yes. But is that a good signing? You obviously got him a lot less than you would have gotten Carlos Correa. And so for me, Javier Baez is a guy that can hit the baseball and he's a he's a he's an above a well above average fielder on defense. So for me, Javi Baez is a nice signing. It makes them better. Tucker Barnhart, the acquisition of the catcher, another imp, another improvement in that position. And then you've got the young guys, Casey Mai, Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green. Those guys are going to elevate this team. And then there are some of the questions like, will Gregory Soto be the the, the closing pitcher that we that we saw at times last year? Is Akil Badu going to continue uh, to be able to play at an elevated level that anybody thought he was going to be able to play? And then you got the role players, Grayson Griner, Willie Castro, um, and, and, and Tarek Skubal on the mound as well. So I, I, I think that, again, they've got some young core, a young core of players that I think are going to be really impactful. They've actually got somewhat of a minor league system for the first time in what seems like forever. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I think this coaching staff, I think that they are on another level. And so for me, to me, the Tigers are an upward trajectory. Are they at the point where I had hoped they'd be? Not yet. But I think once you introduce Torkelson, once you introduce Green, and once you give Casey Mize another you know year here, I'm very, I'm very excited for the direction of the Tigers. Is that fair, Jason? Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said before, with the coaching staff doing what they did last year with uh, lesser players, we call them lesser players. And then now getting um, better players, I guess you could say it's going to be exciting to see what they can do with that. And I think they can do, they're going to do a lot with it. I think so too. Uh, So for me, I'm, I'm excited where the Tigers are going. Now, 
I want to move to the NFL with the Lions because the, the Lions are, I, I, they are, they are at their rock bottom now. Like they are, t- they they tore this thing down to the studs and they're trying to build this thing back up. Okay, so for me, the Lions are on an upward trajectory because there's nowhere else for them to go. They, they can't get worse. Okay, I just I, I refuse to believe that this is like an 0 and 17 team. Uh, so I just they have a lot of work to do on this roster. And, and I think I focus on this latest draft class. We know what Amon Ross St. Brown is, or at least we've seen flashes of what he can be. That's a plus. I don't even really consider Panay Sewell like a, a plus or a minus because he was the no brainer pick where they got him. Like he fell and you take him. It, it, it just made too much sense. And he's played very well on the offensive line, whether it was at left tackle or right tackle. I really like the like uh, Levi Onzerike on the defensive line or Ali McNeil at that nose tackle spot. Those are two impactful players that came along as the season went on. I like Derek Barnes too. I think he's a hard hitting linebacker. I think that that will serve them good going forward. I think he's going to be a, a, a player that they go to more next year. I also think Brad Holmes is a, is an asset still. I, until I see otherwise, um, he made a couple questionable decisions, especially at wide receiver, you know, giving Rashad Perriman a, a deal and then pulling it back, cutting them because they didn't think he was very good. And, and I think that's an important thing to note that you're able to I- identify if somebody's not going to fit in with this roster, whether you've put in money that you can't get back and you still feel like it's the right decision you swallow the pride a little bit and you make the move. The, even though you may get some backlash, I really respect that about, about Brad Holmes. And I'll tell you what, despite the, the output this year, Dan Campbell is an asset for me. Everything coming out of that organization has been all glowing reviews about Dan Campbell. I thought Dan Campbell got better as a play caller, uh, took that over midseason from Anthony Lynn. And and I, I to me, he's a guy that, that as a fan, I look at and say, this is what I've been looking for in a coach for the Detroit Lions forever. Somebody who's able to come to the table and say, look, we've been bad for a very long time. We want to turn it around. We're going to do our best to turn it around. We're going to establish an identity and we're going to start winning football games. Um, and then if you, if you, if you, if you lose a heartbreaker, if you feel like you, you stunk at a particular point in a, on a Sunday or the whole Sunday, he comes out and is very candid about his evaluation of his team week in and week out. For me, Dan Campbell is an asset. Is he a Super Bowl coach? I don't know yet. But right now, as this team is building up, I I, I like where he fits into this whole thing. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's do this. I left the Red Wings for last. I think they are on the fast track to getting us back to playoff relevance. I'll tell you why coming up next. We'll take a quick break, pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, and uh, I, on the other side, too, I want to get back to baseball. Because as of this moment, Jay, unless I miss something, Jason, we, we don't have a CBA in Major League Baseball. No, nope, one day left. Okay. We are, the deadline is approaching, and we have no collective bargaining agreement in Major League Baseball, which means it's very possible that opening day gets delayed. We don't have a 162 regular season stretch. We'll talk about it, where we're at, coming up next right here on Sports Rep. Don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Rap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, I want to wrap up our, our, our state of our teams here in this city. 
I think everybody's on the up and up. But I think the Red Wings are on a much faster track. Look, everything starts and stops with Steve Eiserman. We saw what he did in Tampa Bay. Hey, guys, wake up. He's doing the same thing. I mean, this team is not the same team uh, than it was when he got here. It's not. And, and look, I, I know that there had been frustrations about Jeff Blaschel. I know that there had been frustrations about the roster. The roster is different. Jeff Blaschel is different. And, and I think that everybody kind of needs to, to realize that. And then you see the play of guys like Lucas Raymond, Mo Sider. Those are studs. I mean, those are guys that are in the Calder Cup conversation for Rookie of the Year. That That is... That is something that we have not seen here in, geez, I, I don't know, a very long time. A very long time. And then you've got guys that are in the pipeline. Guys like Simon Edvinson, a, a big body defenseman, uh, really moves well, great hips, can skate, he can move the puck. And then you've got guys like El, Elder Soderbaum, who, again, a big body guy, not necessarily physical, but he's got a real long reach and uh, he is a finesse player at 240 pounds. I, I would caution you that when eventually he gets to Detroit, because he will get here, um, he will look different. He won't be at 240 pounds, but they are producing in the Swedish league. And then you've got now, which is crazy to think about, but the Dylan Larkins, the Tyler Bertuzzi, those are your veterans now. Those are your veterans. The, bringing in Alex Nedeljkovic, who has been a really nice goaltender for the Wings this year, he's part of the reason why they're in contention. You know, they've got a number of games left here, but they're in the mix. Like, they could absolutely make the postseason this year. They've got, what, just over 25-ish games left. Um, and, and they're, I think, 18 points behind Washington. So is it out of the realm of possibility? Definitely not. Is it probable? Not likely. But they are on the up and up. This team is is going to make some noise here in the, in the relative uh, near-term future. So keep your eyes on that. Everybody's on the up and up. The only thing that hasn't been on the up and up is Major League Baseball. They continue to stymie themselves. And, and, and I think when you look at this lockout and where we're at and if we're going to get a deal done by, I don't know if it's midnight tonight or tomorrow afternoon, whatever it is, um, the deadline set by Major League Baseball was, it is Monday, February 28th. That's tomorrow. No deal has been struck. Players really want, they want to be able to make the most amount of money. They want to essentially eliminate the floor here where teams are. If you if you if you get below the money line, they're gonna to have to start paying out. But we don't have a deal yet here. And and, and uh, Trevor Huth from Bless You Boys joins us. Uh Trevor, nice to have you. I I I, I guess I'm a little worried that we're 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 not gonna get a deal here by tomorrow. And we're not going to have a full 162 game slate. I I I guess I'm a pessimist. I I just don't see how this thing gets done in the next 24 hours. Yeah, Chris, thanks so much for having me. It's good to talk to you again. And I I'm right there with you to be to be completely honest. I know I talked to you earlier this week, and 
was talking about how the meetings weren't lasting very long, and that wasn't a good sign. At least now the meetings are longer. There's multiple in a day. It seems like they're trying, giving each other proposals. The players look like they're trying just about everything they can to get something done. I mean, they came in with all this, all this stuff they wanted to try to make a little bit more money, make a little bit more money a little earlier. In the last two days, they've backed off of pretty much everything. They have one ask right now that's still out there, and that's to raise the Super 2 line from 22% of players being eligible for it to 35. They were at 75 on Monday, and now they're down mm-hmm. to 35% is their ask. I mean, they've backed off of everything just trying to, to get a deal done and get back on the field. Uh it- I, I mean, to me, it makes sense. I think at the end of the day here, it's the owners that are going to come out with egg on their face. I think the players are going to come up smelling like roses. I, I think that if we don't if we don't get to opening day as scheduled at the end of March, March 31st, I, I don't know who else to blame but the owners in Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred. And I, I just feel like with what little momentum – that Major League Baseball had coming out of the pandemic, getting people back into the ballparks, with what little momentum they did have, it just feels like it was all a waste, and now we're back at square one. Absolutely. And, and you know, even through that pandemic season, you could see the tensions that were just rising and rising and rising, and, and this was almost imminent because the sides seemed so far apart. And now with the players making concessions on everything, you got to imagine that tension is still going to be there, which, I mean, if they get a deal done, even who knows what that's going to look like uh, in terms of that. But even Rob Manfred has said that missing games would be a disastrous outcome for the industry. And so he understands that and he's got to represent the owners, but they're just, they don't seem close. And it just is, it would be surprising to me right now. And I think surprising to you as well, that if a deal gets done and we have 162 games. Well, and Trev, to me, then then this falls at the feet of Rob Manfred. If if it's so disastrous that we're not going to get to games, that we're not going to get to the start of the regular season, and we're going to be missing games, if the players have conceded, if they have come to the table in good faith, and and dropped a number of their what they deem to be important asks, if they dropped it all to try to get to baseball, and we're still going to miss games, then this is squarely on the shoulders of Rob Manfred. And, and this is not, I mean, look, you, you know, this is not the first time that, that people have questioned Rob Manfred's motives. I don't think he's malicious. I don't think he's acting maliciously here. He's got to work on behalf of the owners, but at the same time, what's good for baseball is baseball. It's the product on the field. And if we're not getting to that, I don't know what purpose he really serves at the end of the day. It's gotta be really hard to be. Rob Manfred, I'll tell you that. And the thing is, with all that I you know, that we've talked about, the players dropping, the league still doesn't want to come up from that 22% on the Super 2, which is uh, it's crazy. I mean, they still have meetings left to go today. Uh, former Tiger Max Scherzer had left the meetings. He's expected to come back. But, uh, you know, the, the league is making some concessions. I mean, there's been a, a draft lottery talked about, some service time manipulation stuff. But I, I think you're right. I mean, it's it's got to be really hard to be Rob Manfred and have to sit there. And, and if you pay attention to social media or anything, I mean, he's getting the brunt of this because he's the face of it. Where are these talks being held? G- give us the, the kind of play by play on, on where things are at. Um, who, who, who is at these meetings? Who's kind of representing both sides? 
Yeah, there's uh, there's so there's player um, representatives from both sides. Um, Tony Clark's in front of in charge of the uh, the MLBPA, the Players Association. But um, Max Scherzer has been out there. Andrew Miller has been out there. Marcus Simeon, just a, a few of the names that are out there. And then the big uh, owner name outside of uh, Rob Manfred is Dick Monfort, who is the uh, owner of the the Rockies. Uh, there's a, there's others out there as well. I've seen the Cardinals owner there and um, a, a few others, but the big players are the, you know, the ones who are getting all the press right now are, are Monfort and then those players that I had mentioned. And I got to tell you, every report you see from all of the reporters out there, Evan, uh, Evan Drellich is doing a good job covering it. Jeff Passan, Ken, uh, Ken Rosenthal, a few names. Um, but every report is that these sides are, are, are not close. They are, it's not friendly right now. There's yet to be a good report. I think John Heyman today tweeted that he thinks that it looks like we could get a, a deal done right under the wire. And Zach Britton, uh, a free agent, I believe, right now, relief pitcher, replied to John Heyman's tweet and said, this is not true. <laughs> it, it's wild out there right now. Um, all right. Well, I think we talked uh, earlier this week. I think you had it at 80-20 that things weren't going to get done. Has that Has that changed for you? You know what? Just the fact that they're having all these meetings, I'll give you a solid uh, uh, 25% it gets done now, so 25-75. All right. Well, at least we're moving (laughs) in the right way. Uh, Trevor Huth, uh, great stuff. Always appreciate the time. Thanks, my friend. Thank you. Uh, All right. I'll tell you what. It's something we're going to continue to watch. There's no doubt about it. Uh, We'll take a quick break, come back on the other side. Well, I want to talk a little Michigan-Michigan State. Um, I feel pretty good about where I think the Spartans are headed in terms of of getting to the tournament. I think there are a little more questions about whether or not Michigan can get in. And all of that stems from this weekend for both teams. We'll talk about it next here as Sports Wrap continues right here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. Um, I, I just I just found out some devastating news. And and this is gonna change my whole uh like routine when I go to a game, especially a tiger game. More so a tiger game, maybe a a, a when the wings were at the Joe. Uh, every once in a while, we would do this before a Wings game. Um, Pizza Popolis in Greektown is closing for good. Did you hear this, Jason? I did not. No. Oh, that that is a, that's a hard blow right there. Wow, that is really disappointing. Yeah. What am I supposed? Where am I supposed to go now? I mean, Pete, that, that's the that's the place. It's gonna throw my whole like. Sports feng shui off. That's a that's a shame. Things are just not the way they used to be, and they're changing yeah, all the hey, time. You know what? You're right. Um, so a big weekend in, in college basketball here locally. Um, Michigan State, I think, what was it in in January, predicted as like a a second seed in in the tournament. Um, they lost five of six. They really took a tumble. Um, And there were questions, I think, leading into this weekend, especially after that blowout loss to Iowa on the road. Um, 
that things were not going well for the Spartans. And I I don't know that I ever really thought that Michigan State wasn't gonna make it. Um, but I'm almost I'm almost sure. Like I'm like a 95% sure that Michigan State makes the tournament. Like I, I don't know that there's much of a doubt at this point, especially with that win against Purdue last night or yesterday afternoon, I guess. Um, that's a big win. That's a big win for Tom Izzo and his team. So look, are, are there still issues? Do they still have problems that they're trying to work through? Yes, but it may be that they're turning a corner. I mean, they've they've got they they you know they play better defensively. They didn't turn the ball over as much. And that's a good Purdue team. I mean, Michigan beat Purdue a couple of weeks ago. It's a good Purdue team. So, you know, I I, I don't know that you can poo-poo that win. I think that's a big time win for for Tom Izzo um and those guys and and I I'm almost I'm almost sure. I mean, I I guess I got to leave a little room. Um but I'm I'm I, I would I would say it's a lock that they make the tournament. I don't think that there's much of a a doubt that they that they miss it. unless they go on a really terrible stretch here, lose the last couple of games and and a one and out in the Big Ten tournament. I, I just don't see that happening. Um, so I think that the Spartans are in. So that's great news. Also, congrats to Tom Izzo, uh, tying Bobby Knight in in his for all time wins in the Big Ten. It's it's a bit. I mean, look, Tom's a great guy, great coach. Um. Very deserving. Uh, so very cool for uh, for Michigan State. Um, for Michigan, I feel like it's a different story. I mean, I, I you know, it felt like that in their last stretch here uh, of five games, Rutgers, Illinois, Michigan State, Iowa, and Ohio State. Feels like they got to win three of the five. And you probably need to beat Ohio State at the end of the year. Um, you, you really, I think the loss today against Illinois hurt because this was at the moment, your last ranked team to play. Um, and you know, look, there were stretches in that game where they played very poorly. Um, especially defensively, you know, giving up 93 points is a, it's almost hard. I mean, you got to really not play a lot of defense. Now, Illinois is very good. Plummer was just excruciatingly hot in that first half. Couldn't miss. Was getting wacky bounces off the rim. And and Illinois wins. Michigan made it a game. They I think they brought it in within five or six, but but they can never get really within striking distance. So so Illinois wins uh 85-93 today. Um and look, they beat Rutgers a couple of days ago. Um, so there's your first win. I, I think you gotta win three of these last five. I think if you beat Illinois and maybe you lost out, I still think maybe you'd get in. But for Michigan right now, the important thing here is all right, you 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 gotta really put out here and beat Michigan State. Like I think that is a huge priority here. Um that game is Tuesday. And yeah, they'll play three games in six days. Then right. the tournament begins, so the grind starts right now. The grind is definitely on. Um, and again, you're without Jawan Howard; he's suspended for this stretch. So, you know, for me, I think if you're Michigan, you got to beat Michigan State. 
you probably need to beat Ohio State as well. You know, Iowa senior night, last home game. Um, I, I I think that they can win that game, but I think your best oppor- your best chance at winning now, uh, or or at least getting into the Big Ten is you got to beat Michigan State and you got to beat Ohio State. Two things that can be done, but that's a lot easier said than done. I mean, Ohio State is they're very up and down. Um, but they've got talent. Same with Michigan State. I mean, they they've been on a slide, but maybe this is them turning the corner and they're and they're and they're you know climbing back up now. It helps Michigan that it's a home game against Michigan State on Tuesday. Um, and then you're back at it Thursday again, at least on at at home. And then three days later, uh, a week from today, you're in Columbus. So that 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 Ohio State game could be a real that could be a big one. That could be a big one. Um, so I don't know. I, I I mean, Jace, where are you at with this? Do you feel like like that's a fair representation of where we're at? You think Michigan State is in no matter what? I do, and I think yeah. I don't think Michigan's going to get in. I just for some reason I just I the record is fifteen and eleven. They they would to me have to win two out of the next three games in the season. And then win one or two in the in the Big Ten tournament. So maybe I'm expecting a lot, but um, you know, possibly the two regular season wins would get them in because those that's against two out of the three are ranked opponents. Iowa's twenty and eight. I'm not sure if they're ranked. We'll say they're we'll not- say let's say two out of three, and then maybe one Big Ten tournament win might get them in. But it's going to be close. I think it's going to be. So- Jerry Palm put out his latest bracketology bubble watch yesterday. So this came out yesterday at about 2.30. So this doesn't include Michigan's loss today. Um, As of yesterday afternoon, Jerry Palm, who I, I, I think is pretty spot on usually. Like, I think if you're going to, to look at, you know, college basketball and seeding, Palm's your guy. At least he's my guy. Um, he had Michigan in the last four in at a record. You said before today, 15 and 11. That was before today. Um, he also had Memphis, Florida and Wake Forest. Um, the last four out included Rutgers, North Carolina, Oregon, and Indiana, which is a pretty wild group of four, not making the tournament, by the way. Um, so look, I, I think that today's loss hurt them now, unless the idea is that they were going to lose to Illinois anyway, like that, that they didn't have a chance to win that game. I, I think if they would have beat Illinois today, I got to be honest, I probably would feel the same way about Michigan that I do about Michigan state. I almost feel like you could go out and lose the rest of your games and probably still get in now, mind you, mind you. All of this is contingent on whether or not Michigan makes a run in the in the Big Ten tournament because that could still get them in. Like, is it possible Michigan beats Michigan State on Tuesday, loses to Iowa, loses to Ohio State, and wins maybe a game or two in the Big Ten tournament? Does that get them in? And you'd have Juwan Howard back? I don't know. It's possible. 
I think I think you 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 gotta keep in mind that the tournament games also will count. Your conference tournament games will also springboard you one way or the other. I mean, we we've seen the Big Ten tournament improve seeding for sure. It's happened to both Michigan and Michigan State in recent years, where they've improved their seeding maybe from going from a, a three, a four, even a two up to a one or two. So the, the, the tournaments, depending on on how you play them, can be pretty helpful. So that, that that's kind of why also I feel so good about Michigan State making it, because I just feel like same kind of thing. Like, I, I don't see Michigan State going in and, you know, getting blasted in the first game of the tournament. Like, I think that they, I don't know if they win the thing, but I think that they can win a couple of games to improve their chances. So I, I think Michigan State's in. For Michigan, again, you got to win a couple more of these last three games. Michigan State, Iowa, Ohio State still on the schedule. I don't know. I Look, if you're going to ask me about a percentage, Jace, I, I feel like, I don't know, man. It, I, I feel like it's a toss-up. Like, I think it's a big ask to win two of these last three, honestly. It's very big, yeah. Um, But, but could they? Yeah, yeah they got because I got two at home. That helps. I mean, if you if you're able to go out and drop 85 against Illinois, I mean, you still lost, but you if you drop 85, you're going to win a lot of basketball games if you score 85 points. Oh yeah, in college, absolutely. So it's I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. So that's where I think these two teams stand. I I think that Michigan State is in. I think Michigan it's a little more convoluted. I to me it's almost a toss up at this point. I think they very well could get in, but I. I see how I see a way for them not to make the tournament. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll take one more quick break. Come back on the other side. Uh, I want to talk, you know, we've got so many great charities around our area, but we've got one that's deeply tied into the sporting world and deeply connected. In fact, it bears his name to one of the greatest hockey players. Not only our town has ever seen, um, but the game of, of hockey has ever had. So we'll talk about that, how they're helping people in our community. We'll do that next here on Sports Rep as we continue this evening on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Rap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, if you want an opportunity to uh, meet some of perhaps your favorite athletes, and and do something good, uh, boy, do I got it. Uh, there's no doubt. We've, we've done a lot of stuff with the Ted Lindsay Foundation uh, here uh, at WJR. Um, it, it's just a, a wonderful nonprofit. They do so much uh, for those battling autism, autism research, uh, education, um, and, and just trying to help a lot of people in our community. It's awesome. And, and uh, Ted Lindsay was such a huge supporter of this. Joanne, his wife, such a huge supporter of this. Uh, and and we're lucky enough to uh, steal a couple of minutes from Lou Lapa, who heads the whole darn thing up. Uh, and he joins us this evening on Sports ba- Sports Rap. Hey, Louie, what's going on? Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? Right, I'm good. I I I I'm excited because look, you, the rest of the world, we've seen so many sporting events and and leagues and the whole thing uh, be impacted so much by this pandemic. Um, and and you host a couple of really big events throughout the year. One of them 
is the the golf outing that you host at Detroit Golf Club, which is awesome. Uh, tons of athletes, not even just from the Red Wings. I mean, you've got, you know, uh, guys out there like, um, uh, uh, I mean, you've got a, a bunch of current Red Wings, and then you've got a bunch of past guys, got Lions players, the whole deal. Um, uh, so that's one of your big events. The other one is your wine tasting event. Uh, and, and that's been, that has been impacted by the pandemic. You can play golf outside and socially distance. It's been harder to, to host the wine tasting event, but you've got to come and back up. I understand. Well, we do. We've, we've had a, our, our wine tasting has been fermenting for the past two years because of COVID. <laughs> so, it's, it, so it, now, it's been, yeah. it's been, it's been, uh, it's just been aging nicely. That's it. So now we're ready to bring it back out with some new bottles, and uh, that's going to be on April 7th. Uh, this uh, Thursday night, it's going to be at the San Marino Club in Troy. And again, we're going to have celebrity wine pours. We'll have some of the alumni out there for the Red Wings. And uh, it's just a great way to have a little bit more of a social environment, taste mm-hmm. some great wines. We're going to have a couple of vintners coming in from California to bring in their wines. So it's a good way to raise money and uh, for folks to uh, get COVID over and get something new going in their life. Uh, and obviously a lot of it, uh, the money goes to the Ted Lindsay Foundation and it helps uh, 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 people battling autism in our in our community, uh, goes to autism research, education, the whole thing. You guys do such an incredible job. Um, but, but what I always find most admirable about what you guys do is all of the athletes, all of the players that you have come out are so engaging to people. Like they, they really want to talk to people. They want to meet you. They want to, they want to share a couple of minutes with you. In this case, you get to, to share a couple, you know, a, a glass or two of wine with some really cool athletes in our, in our community. So that, that play for our teams. So I think it's uh, fantastic what you guys do. If people want to get involved, how do they find out more? Where can they, where can they sign up and uh, sign up to come? Well, great. They they can go to our website, thetedlindsay.org, uh, or they've got a couple of phone numbers uh, they can call. Um, uh, Lynn LaPaul, she's one of the chairpersons for it. It's 248-310-2853. Or Cheryl Ash, and her number is 313-802-6485. And uh, like I said, website's the easiest way to do it, too, or go online and we can obviously get tickets for people because again, it's a, as you say, it's a great fundraiser. It's been unfortunate. We haven't been able to do it for a couple of years. So it has impacted the amount of funds we're able to raise and help people in the autistic community. So this is very, very important for us to have a big splash this year and open it back up. TedLindsay.org. A uh, wine tasting event coming up on April 7th. You're not going to want to miss it. Believe me. Uh, Louie, nice to talk with you, my friend. I appreciate you. Hope you're well. Chris, thank you again for everything you do, and uh, we'll see you soon. You take care. All right. There he is, Lula Paul over at the Ted Lindsay Foundation. Um, uh, really, a great event. I encourage you. Um, I, I want to just update you on what's going on in Major League Baseball. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like we've had a whole lot of movement, even since we've talked to Trevor Huth. Um, negotiations started about six hours ago. So they started at around uh, maybe 1 o'clock. They've had four different negotiation set uh, 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 sessions today. Uh, Bob Nightingale says there have been no indications of a breakthrough, but they're still meeting, so we'll see. Nightingale is a, a sports writer, a, a Major League Baseball writer for USA Today. Um, Jason, 
um, y- you know, we talked to Trevor Huth over at Bless You Boys about about this. Um, he put it at twenty five percent that something gets done uh, by the MLB's deadline of February twenty eighth. That's tomorrow. I, I got to be honest; it doesn't feel like something's going to get done. It Not at feels all. Like, yeah. It kind of feels like they're going through the motions. But if there's not been really any concessions from an ownership standpoint, when the players and the players association have made concessions to try to get this thing done, I, I guess, look, I'll be really happy if they do get something done, but it doesn't, it feels like it's not going to get done. What did Trev say? Trev said that both sides are are almost. Uh, there's. It sounds like they're fighting. I can't remember the na- the, the word Trev used, but it, it sounds like unpleasantries too. So they're <laughs> doesn't look good. It just sounds like they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh yeah. Even after the players have made concessions. Yeah. So that's the frustrating part. Um. And and again, I I think the the blame has to be has to fall at the feet of Rob Manfred. I, I don't know who else to. You know, I, I think, and, and I say that from a fan perspective, right? Like, we're not into these negotiations. We don't really know. We rely on some of these Major League Baseball insiders to give us the information, but we don't really know. We're not in those meetings. Neither are they. Um, But if if the word coming out of these meetings is that the players have conceded on, on a number of line items, but the owners haven't, Rob Manfred is working on behalf of the owners. Right. It's not like the owners are out here, um, you know, sticking it to their players. Right. Right. It's a business. Owners want to make the most amount of money they can. And the players want to make the most amount of money they can. It's business at the end of the day. And so we're in a situation here where it just feels like all of this, whatever little momentum was created post pandemic. Right. Because what was baseball? Baseball has always been an outlet. It's a fun game. It's a it's a it's a more um patient game, right? They tried yeah. to they tried to improve the game by speeding it up, try to make it more friendly to today's standards. And I think they've done a pretty good job of it. Um, but at the end of the day, baseball was really the first sport outside of hockey or uh, excuse me, golf, where like they were welcoming fans back because it was outdoors. Because you can have people outdoors and comply with COVID protocol, at least in most stadiums, unless there's a um, a, a dome. But I just think that, that there was some momentum there for baseball. They, they could have seized on that opportunity. And instead of jumping on that and, and really bringing fans back into the fold, this is what we get. And from a fan perspective, it's frustrating as heck. Because we want baseball back. We want baseball at full strength. We want baseball to be where we always wanted baseball at. At that level. Hoping for a miracle tomorrow. Just doesn't, it doesn't seem like we're going to get that miracle, unfortunately. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Have yourself a wonderful Sunday, wonderful rest of the week. We'll catch back up with you next weekend, Saturday, Sunday, 6 to 7, uh, right here on WJR. Have a good week.